Sylvia Robinson. She's widely credited as the spark that ignited rap music as an industry, and rightfully so. But what's seldom discussed is the fact that she was an incredible writer, producer, musician, visionary, and businesswoman. Raised at 137th and Lenox in Harlem, at the time she was known as Lil Sylvia and she recorded for Savoy Records at the age of 12. In high school she took up guitar and her teacher was Mickey Baker. From 1956 to 1962, they recorded together under the name Mickey and Sylvia. In 1956, they released the classic Love is Strange, the million seller, which has been remade several times and remains a classic in both R&B and rock and roll history. In 1961, Sylvia wrote a song called It's Gonna Work Out Fine. This song was the second million seller for Ike and Tina Turner and their first Grammy-nominated hit. Sylvia also produced, arranged, and played guitar on the song. She even laid down a reference vocal showing Tina Turner exactly how the song was to be sung. Even though the song is credited to Ike and Tina Turner, it's actually Sylvia's musical partner, Mickey Baker, performing the male vocals on the song with Tina Turner. At the height of their success, and making $3,500 a week to split between them, Sylvia decided to go out on her own as a solo singer. She partnered with veteran showman Leonard Reed, who coached her and taught her stage presence. She sang for eight hours a day for four months. When Reed felt that she was ready, she auditioned for George Woods of the William Morris Booking Agency, and her first gig was at the Sands Hotel in Las Vegas. Sylvia, who was actually Sylvia Vanderpool at this point, in 1964 married Joe Robinson. It was Sylvia who introduced Joe to the music business, and together they ran recording studios and nightclubs. And in 1968, they embarked upon the music business and running record companies. Their first record company was called All Platinum. Under the All Platinum banner, they also ran Turbo, Vibration, Stang, Astroscope, and A1 Records. Eventually, they would also run Sweet Mountain, Victory, Sugar Hill, Jersey Connection, Bon Ami, and New Day Records. Sylvia says the reason that she named her company All Platinum is because she had seen that distributors pay record companies based on alphabetical order. So she figured that choosing a name that began with A would ensure that she would get paid expeditiously. The first act on All Platinum was Willie and Wes, who quickly changed their name to Willie and the Mighty Magnificence. There were also the moments, the rim shots, the whatnots, Linda Jones, Retta Young, Donnie Elbert, George Kerr, and a host of other artists, musicians, and talents. It would be the moments who would deliver the first big hits on All Platinum, with Love on a Two-Way Street and Not on the Outside, both written by Sylvia Robinson. Love on a Two-Way Street will later be covered to huge success by Stacey Lattisaw. The Dixie Drifters were also a part of All Platinum, and the Rim Shots would make the original Soul Train theme for the television show. Shame, Shame, Shame by Shirley and Company would be a huge hit for All Platinum as well, also written by Sylvia Robinson. And Shirley Goodman was once a receptionist at All Platinum, in 1974, Sylvia released Pillow Talk, a song that she had written with Al Green in mind. But when she approached Al Green with the track, he wasn't interested. In fact, when he heard her reference vocal, 
He said, you sound good on it. Why don't you do it? She took his advice and experienced one of the biggest hits of her career. At the time, Pillow Talk was celebrated and controversial because of the sexual nature of the lyrics and the delivery of the lyrics. Long before Donna Summer panted sexually on Love to Love You Baby, Sylvia Robinson had done the same thing to great success. Good thing we, we stopped that thing, Sylvia. It was getting kind of hot up here on this, on this rise. Congratulations on a really beautiful performance on Pillow Talk. And how's uh, your handsome husband, Joe Robinson? He's fine, thank you. Yeah, I thought maybe you'd bring him with you, but I think you did the right thing by leaving him in. <laughs> Could have got in trouble shot. out here. But uh, you and Joe have quite a quite an operation in uh, New Jersey with all platinum. What are some of the acts that uh, you're working with now? Well, we have the Ponderosa Twins. We have the Moments. Um, oh. You see, we have so many. <laughs> we have Baby Cortez. With what are the some of the things letter. that you personally have written for some of these groups? Well, Not on the Outside for the Moments, Love on a Two-Way Street, um, Sunday, um, oh, a few others. Sunday, um, anytime uh, anybody even says the name of that tune, I get in. Uh, a quiver, you know, I really, really was, was one of my favorites of all time. I understand you're doing an album on yourself? Yes, I am. It should be out in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay, keep up the good work, Sylvia. Say hello to all your folks, and we look for you back real soon. Thank you. How about it one more time, Gary, for Sylvia? In 1975, the Robinsons acquired the rights to the chess catalog, which contained recordings by Etta James and other soul and blues legends. It's been said by industry insiders that that acquisition directly caused the company to go into Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and by the end of the 70s, the future of the company was in question. In the middle of 1979, Sylvia was invited to a birthday party at Harlem World for her niece. She reluctantly went. It was a day that she said she was tired and she really didn't feel like going, but she showed up because she said that she would. That night, she heard Lovebug Starsky rhyming over Good Times by Chic. Lovebug Starsky was an MC slash DJ who rhymed and DJed simultaneously. Being the visionary that she was, Sylvia immediately knew when she saw this that this music would be what would get her out of her financial situation with her company. She said she had been recently depressed because she usually could write herself out of any situation. But at this point, the hits weren't coming and the writing wasn't happening. Right around this time in the late 70s, there were so many young people rapping in New York in the tri-state area that her sons were also familiar with rap music. And she would instruct them to find out the beats that the MCs were rhyming over and who the hot MCs were. It just so happened that a chance visit to the Krispy Crust Pizza Parlor with her son, Joey Robinson Jr., which was around the corner from All Platinum Records, which was at 96 West Street in Inglewood, New Jersey. This visit will both change her future and literally the future of the world of music and later the world culturally. When Sylvia approaches the counter to order, Henry Jackson, later known as Big Bang Hank, is rapping to himself while making pizzas. So this rap thing is hitting Sylvia from many different sides. She just so happens to be looking for a rap group to sign 
to the new label that she's about to start, which will be called Sugar Hill Records. And she chose that name because Sugar Hill was an affluent part of Harlem and she wanted to name her company after that. So she asked Henry Jackson, was he a rapper? He really wasn't. He was a bouncer in the Bronx at a club called Sparkle. And he was managing Grandmaster Kaz and his group, The Mighty Force, who had not become the Cold Crush Brothers yet. Sylvia asked Hank, could he do an impromptu audition in the back of her son's car? He said yes, came from behind the counter with his dough and, and crust all on his apron, and he auditioned. And in that process, Guy O'Brien and Michael Wright, who were in the area and who actually were MCs in groups Phase 2 and Sound on Sound in New Jersey, they were passing by and they joined in this audition. This was the birth of the group that she christened the Sugar Hill Gang. In September of 1979, the Sugar Hill Gang released Rapper's Delight on her newly christened Sugar Hill Records. And the rest is definitely history. This was the record that introduced the world to rap music, even though people had been rapping before. This was the record that most of the world heard first, as far as this art form goes. Now, across the bridge in Harlem, Bobby Robinson, no relation, had enjoy records. Much like Sylvia, Bobby had experience with a record label releasing rhythm and blues music. And his label was called Enjoy. It was Enjoy when he was releasing rhythm and blues. And when rap came, he didn't change the name. Where Sylvia had signed a group from New Jersey who had not performed in the Chitlin circuit of clubs in New York, specifically the Bronx. Bobby Robinson, who also had the idea to put this music on record, mainly because his nephew by marriage, Spoonie G, Gabriel Jackson, was always rapping around the house and around him. So Bobby Robinson was just signing Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, The Treacherous Three, The Funky Four Plus One. These were groups who had reputations as being a little more ingrained in that chitlin circuit of clubs in Harlem and the Bronx primarily. Bobby's nephew Spoonie G was also signed to enjoy. Sylvia was so serious about acquiring a monopoly on rap music that by 1980, less than a year after Rapper's Delight was released on her label, she was already licensing a greatest rap hits compilation, which had Lady B from Philadelphia, the Funky Four Plus One, who were still signed to enjoy, Spoonie G and Super Wolf. Super Wolf was actually James Wolf, who was Denise LaSalle's husband. And he was a rapping radio disc jockey who had made a record on Big Bad Records. But what Sylvia had successfully done was take all these recordings from groups that were not signed to her. She licensed them and put them out on a compilation where much of the country heard these records for the first time on Sugar Hill, not even their native labels. Not too long after this release, Sylvia had negotiated with Bobby Robinson to secure the contracts of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Spoonie G, The Treacherous Three, and The Funky Four Plus One. At this point, Sylvia has all of the major rap groups and she has the Sugar Hill Gang, which has put out the first mega successful rap record. 
all under the banner of Sugar Hill Records. Sugar Hill single-handedly set the template for what rap music would be. The fact that rap music was mainly sold on 12-inch singles started with the success of Sylvia. She was not the first one to release a rap 12-inch, but she was the first one to do it with such success that it created the template. When Sylvia put the Sugar Hill Gang together, she said to them, this is going to be successful because it's three of you guys. And three is a great number. I had success with the moments who later became Ray Goodman and Brown after leaving all platinum. And she saw the potential for financial and cultural success in rap music. She always believed in it. The first handfuls of successful rap records she either produced, co-produced or oversaw. Now, a producer in rap music in those days was not like a producer today that makes a beat or plays music and gives it to an artist for the artist to write to. A producer at this time was responsible for getting the right musicians together in the studio. And the musicians that she used on those Sugar Hill recordings were none other than Wood, Brass and Steel, who were actually a group of musicians who had been backing musicians on most of her recordings. And they also recorded two full-length albums on her labels. They became known as the Sugar Hill Band. As a producer, Sylvia was responsible for what group rapped over what music. Most music that these groups rapped over was remanufactured music, as rap music is. It's remanufactured from older music that existed before. And Grandmaster Flash and other DJs would approach Sylvia with beats that were the hot beats that were being played in the clubs and the parks in New York. Many times, three or four groups may have wanted to rap over one song. And it was Sylvia who said, no, this is better for this group. That was a producer's job back then. A producer was the one who said, let's record here at this studio. Let's cut this song at four minutes. It doesn't need to be this long. Let's bring this engineer on to this particular song. Sylvia was also an engineer. She was also the one who told Ed Fletcher, AKA Duke Booty, rest in peace. When he approached her with a song that he had written called The Message that he wanted to perform, she said, I need this for one of my groups. She was the one that went around to her various groups and offered the message and finally settled on Melly Mel and Duke Booty doing that record and having the Furious Five as the group to present that record. The world knows Rapper's Delight and the message, but we can't forget about Eighth Wonder and Apache and White Lines and Beat Street Breakdown and The Lover in You and Breakdance Electric Boogie and Scorpio, Funk You Up. The list goes on and on. Sylvia was the first to sign a rap group from the South who simultaneously became the first female rap group on a record with the sequence who were from Columbia, South Carolina. In her stable of artists, she also had the Crash Crew from Harlem. Additionally, she released her own rap record called It's Good To Be The Queen on Sugar Hill Records. In that song, you can actually hear her give what could be considered her testimony of how her label came to be. She raps about how she was in dire straits and her companies were about to fail. 
and how she stumbled upon this rap thing. But it's more than just stumbling. People have said, well, if she didn't do it, somebody else would have done it. Well, many others tried, but none did it with the success of Sylvia. She released the first record with scratching on it, which was Adventures of Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel, which was a game changer. It brought DJ culture and cutting and scratching into the living rooms of America. Grandmaster Flash actually did it, and he did it to perfection. But you needed a label head who understood it and who would agree to release and promote it. She was a visionary. Those who knew her said that she always knew rap would become a teaching tool later and everything that rap became. She saw it and she saw it many decades before it actually came to fruition. Many tried, but they did not have the contacts in radio and at retail that Sylvia had. They couldn't move the amount of records that Sylvia had. They couldn't get their groups on American Bandstand and Soul Train and Saturday Night Live and all the places that she was able to get her groups into. There is no Def Jam and Russell Simmons or any of the many empires that came after her without her as a template to do it first. It's good to be the queen. It started back in 79. My whole darn future was on the line. I created a brand new sensation that blew my mind. The whole dirt nation with a big bang hang. I wonder, Mike, and this kid called Master G. That's me. Well, would you believe their rabbit's life went down in history? I'm a type of person that never liked to copy things that are out there. I always like to come with something new, something different. And I felt as though if I came with a concept like this, either it was going to hit or it was going to miss. And I really felt strong about it, that it was going to be a hit. Play the music, he said, hip, hop, the hip, the hip, to the hip, hip, hop, you don't stop. Rock it to the bang, bang, boogie. I says, what is this? I says, okay, I'll tell you what. I marry the three of you together. You meet me tomorrow at the studio, and that's how the Sugar Hill Gang started. 